Oh, how how successful would a sex line be? Are you called to get Mark? <laughs> oh, really, really unsuccessful. <laughs> sex lines called too much Mark. Oh, eight hundred too much Mark. Oh, I think you're onto something. <laughs> well, is it just me like spouting crap about the Bill secondary? <laughs> just listen to that for half for as long as you can. Josh Allen is amazing. <laughs> Welcome along. It is week two, going into week three of the NFL in 2020. It's all still continuing. This is the Long Snapper podcast. Adam, Rich, Pat and Mark are here for, well, two weeks in a row. It's the four of us. The elite team, I'd like to say. Are we all well? We haven't got anything better to do. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much, pretty much it. I think Craig's out. Craig's out for dinner with, uh, with Rachel, getting her some drinks for a change. About time. Um, <laughs> Russ, I don't, I don't know. What's Russ? Russ will be back. Russ will be back. I don't know. He's just uh, he keeps saying no to us. I think he's a busy man. He's, he's got yeah, they're all over podcasts. I think they they think you know just because they've got probably a couple more listeners than we do, allegedly. You know, it probably goes to his head a bit. They also Isn't know it? a lot more about the sport they're talking about than we do. So. I'm not sure. <laughs> no. Is 9pm past Russ's bedtime? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually, well, he's only got an hour before the pub shut, so... That's you know, true. Get, getting on it. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely oh. smashed. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we... Well, shall we do what we do best and start with a quiz? Um, Mr. Jackson, you have, you have something... I, oh, I hope you do. There was a conversation about that, and this is just going <laughs> to fall flat on its, its face if you don't. No, I haven't pulled a Craig on you. I have brought something along. Um, after last week's quiz, which, well, last week's, last one I did, which relied on knowledge of players, quite specific knowledge of quite specific players, this one I think is more of our street. It requires a vague knowledge of player names. Um, okay. So... I've kind of stolen Russ's music quiz, but we're doing it with advertising slogans. So you've got to spot the player or coach's surname hidden in the advertising slogan. It will be, they all have a surname. Some of them have a first name and a surname. If you get those ones, I'll give you a bonus point for getting the double name. Um, I'll start them off and stop at the point where the name comes in, but you can interrupt me by uh, your usual buzzing in with your own name if you think you can get it before I finish one guess each per um, slogan. Let's start off with slogan number one. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's... Rich. Rich. Vraveline. Vraveline is right for a point. Second one. Literally my fantasy football team name. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I'd start off with a familiar one to lead you in. I should wait till Adam's uh, drunk before answering. Happiness is a cigar called... Denver Broncos wide receiver second pick in the draft this year Adam yep well I don't know Jude the the Broncos picked Judy didn't they that's not Hamlet yeah happiness is a sparkle Judy (laughs) all I can think of is Doug Judy from 
absolutely nine nine right now. Um, <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> it's uh, happiness is a car called Hamlet, KJ Hamlet. Oh, wouldn't know uh, that. One. How about L'Oreal? Because you're. I'm not gonna lie, Pat. I'm struggling. Rich. Rich. Perfect. That will do. <laughs> okay. God. Tesco. Every. Rich. Adam. Rich. Kittle. Kittle helps. Yes. Finish him <laughs> off. I was going to go buy a tittle, so... <laughs> That's so much better. Frosties. There. Gronkowski. Martin. Wrong. <laughs> right position, though. Good good effort. Rich. Rich. Great. Cameron Bright. Great. Great. Four nil, Rich. This is embarrassing, guys. Come on. Okay. I'd rather have a bowl of... Another tight end. Um, from the Buffalo Bills. I'd rather have a bowl of Dawson. <laughs> Dawson Knox. Yes. <laughs> what? Good God. Rod, bowl of Dawson Knox. It fits oh perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, listeners. Let's let let's stay on the tight in the tight ends. You can do it when you. Adam. Adam. John knew it. No. <laughs> but you're oh, right it's as tenuous as any of the others. Come You've on. You've got the right team and the right position. When you Michael Pruitt? Yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm getting in the game now. Okay. Wow. And all because the lady loves Cadbury's milk. Mark. Mark. Trey Burton. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's good though, that's better than this one. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's Milson rules though, you've got our thoughts on the paper. Exactly. Yeah. Adam, back. Formerly the Trey Bride. No, that's Detroit Lions. The Philadelphia Eagles. Cornerback, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cadbury's Milk Slay. <laughs> so my answer used the actual word and it was wrong <laughs> yeah because it had extra stuff on the end just checking <laughs> okay per, 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 pick up her <laughs> no, I got nothing on this one nothing on that one wide receiver oh that helps I've only written CB for his team, which isn't helpful. <laughs> no. no. P -p Pick up a Tedkin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Craig, Craig, where are you? We need a quiz. <laughs> all is forgiven. <laughs> How about the Sunday Times is the Sunday newly drafted running back? LA Rams. Oh, Cam Mark. Yes, Mark. <laughs> Is the Sunday Cam Acres? Sunday Acres, yes. <laughs> right, dead easy one for you. Beans means. Adam. Yes. Heinz Field? Beans means Heinz. Mark. Indianapolis Colts running back. Okay, so 
Again, You're looking puzzled. It's an exact uh, sample. <laughs> coming out with a better answer than the real one doesn't get you any points. No. Gillette, the best of man. <laughs> Another running back. Tampa Bay. First touchdown this week. Uh, uh, Fournette. Fournette. Best of man for net. It rhymes and scams. It's perfect. <laughs> Didn't my... get outrushed by Brady this week. <laughs> this is my favourite one. So if you don't like this one, we'll call it the last one. Kids and grown-ups love it. So the happy world of. Uh... Think plate kickers. Oh, Mark Coe. No. That would have worked as well, though. I should have thought of that. Though. Rodrigo Blankenship. New York Giants. Who's <laughs> oh, that kicker? Graham Gunnar. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right. We'll give the win to Rich with six oh, points. I think it's important. And we'll important give the last for a bad quiz idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there's nothing wrong with the idea. Do, do, do we... Do we think Rich deserves any music? <laughs> he got oh. more than we got. Yeah. All right. There you, yeah. Go. you can't sulk just because you're quizzing this week and you didn't win, Adam. I'll tell you what's the worst is that I'm going on the full ten yards quiz this week, and therefore, yes, <laughs> some knowledge is going to be required to not embarrass myself. That's why this is the kind of quiz I'm good at because it doesn't require actual knowledge or much memory. <laughs> it's it's a very varied skill set. <laughs> too well at our quizzes, thinking isn't it? Of, thinking of players that rhyme tenuously with a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> or don't even rhyme tenuously. Yeah. You know, the worst thing is, I haven't had the 20 of those I've been thinking up all the time. 20? Great, that means we can do it again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Um, Steve Rains. Steve Rain's anytime touchdown corner. Um, we we need to discuss what happened last week and some quite frankly ludicrous attempts at betting. I think our week one bet would have come in um, pretty much. Maybe Mark maybe Mark Andrews didn't score. I'm not sure, but pretty much everyone else from week one did. Um, but a couple of things that couple discussion we had as to whether to bet on Jalen Richard or Der Richard Henry. Um, <laughs> I told and you. If you'd said one of those would score a touchdown and the other one wouldn't, um, yeah, no, nobody was betting on Jalen Richard to score for the Raiders, but score he did. Um, and also, I wanted to bet on Adam Humphreys, and I changed the bet because you couldn't have two players from the same team on the same game. Uh, I changed it to Adam Thielen. Humphreys ended up scoring as well, so it's a good thing that some of the others missed, or you know, we might have. I mean, personally, I knew it was knackered when uh, Patrick Ricard, who had one touch in week one, caught a touchdown pass. And I was like, well, <laughs> if neither of us picked him, we're doomed. <laughs> did, we, did we get any from Craig this week as to who he wants? Uh, I or think we're just going to we... pick one for him again. We're going to go with Frank Gore, I think, for him, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to oh, make me so, happy. So this week, we're, we're each going to pick a player from our own team um, to put into put into the bet. So... Frank Gore for Craig, which 
Well, actually, I'll read, I'll read verbatim what he said in WhatsApp, which was from my team and then a sort of despair emoji. I think you know the one. And then Darnold passing, I don't care. So <laughs> we then pick Frank Gore for him, um, which I think is reasonable. Uh, Russ, Russ hasn't come up with anything, actually. Um, we can, should we leave it for him or should we pick something for him? Do we know who Russell's team, team is? It's... Yeah, that is. A uh, I'm assuming yeah, we're basically he's... talking about 200 players at the moment. If I'm you, assuming if you that he's narrowed it down the entire league. I think he narrowed it down to the Broncos for us. Okay. Oh, so then a Blake Bortles rushing touchdown is. Oh, we good. have to, don't we? It has to be Robbie Blake Bortles <laughs> with a a rushing TD. <laughs> oh, Russ, Russ, Russ is Russ would sign <laughs> up on that. I could say for him. <laughs> nice. Um, right, Mark. Uh, a Bills player, if you please. So he scored in the first two weeks. I'm gonna. I don't think you. It'll be slightly longer odds than someone like Diggs. So I'm going to stick with John Brown. Okay. Yeah, he seems to fit the bill of the type of attack that Buffalo have got at the moment. Yeah, well, he's he's getting a lot more room because he's not drawing the number one corner anymore. So put on intended, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. The the Corey Davis effect. Um, Pat, have you got a Jags player? I have. I've done some research on this, but we've got a Jets player and Bortles in, so it probably doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dolphins have conceded more passing touchdowns than rushing touchdowns. Jags have scored more passing touchdowns than rushing touchdowns. So I'm going Keelan Cole, who has 11 receptions on 12 targets and two touchdowns already. Problem from having watched the Jags game in week two is that they're spreading it around a bit and spreading the love, but Keelan Cole's probably got as much chance as anyone. Um, Rich, give us your give us your Niners player. I think it's got to be the obvious choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Yeah, yep. 100%. Um, we will go along with that. And I will finish off with a Titans player. I'm going to go for... Well, I'm not going to go for the guy who spectacularly hasn't scored a touchdown yet, who is probably leading the way with odds, but I'm going to go for the only tight end who hasn't gotten the, the scoreboard as of yet. Or, no, anyway, Ferkser, exactly. Um, and we do we do love a tight end at the Titans, and Pruitt and well, Johnny Smith's got three, I think, already. Uh, but no, Ferkser's going to get one this week at the at the Vikings. So Gore, Bortles, Brown, Cole, Andrews and Ferkser. Uh, that's our Steve Brain's anytime touchdown corner bet. And eventually we're going to win one. <laughs> Definitely not this week though. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't fancy Robbie to get a right. get end zone. <laughs> I mean, who's the, who's the Broncos backup at the minute if Bortles is going to come in off the street and be a better option? Um... Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, he was actually drafted by the Niners under the previous regime and didn't play a snap. He wasn't he played, terrible backing up at the Lions, was he? Well. Yeah. And he kept them in it against the Steelers. It wasn't terrible, but it was wasn't like filling you full of confidence. But then the thing is with the with the Broncos is they've got so many injuries just everywhere that Yeah. There are two two types of backups generally in the NFL. The ones that won't turn the ball over but won't do anything spectacular at all, which is Nick Mullins, and the ones who will do all sorts of fun, spectacular things and also throw three picks. Yeah, so Driscoll's more of a Mullins than a... 
what you just described. He could he could throw picks as well. Give him some credit. He did. He can do that. Um, right before we go any further, um, I am going to insist that we we do this in the right order this week, and uh, we are going to review the week two games in detail fashion. One sentence, obviously. I love the way you say that like it was someone else's fault we didn't do it last week. <laughs> I'm going to insist on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mainly talking to myself, obviously, when I say that. Um, right, if you're ready and strapped in, I will get Marble Zone playing and we will do our one-sentence reviews and we will start with Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland win and look decent doing so. Bengals' run defence is woeful. Minnesota and Indianapolis. It's not the losses that hurt the Vikings, it's how they're losing. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Closer than expected, but a fourth quarter Minshew-inspired fight back can't prevent the Titans going 2-0. Carolina at Tampa Bay. Don't panic, Brady apologists. He's still alive and well until next week or the week after when he'll be finished again. Denver at Pittsburgh. The Broncos are suffering immense injury woes, and after losing their QB and their top wide receiver in this game, they'll be hoping Locke is back sooner rather than later. But maybe not. LA Rams at Philadelphia. The Rams offense looking somewhat back to the team that went to the Super Bowl. San Francisco at New York Jets. Imagine having 417 key players go down with career-ending injuries during a game, but the opposition couldn't even keep the game close. Buffalo at Miami. A three-point win against a Miami team of questionable quality won't win over any of the Bills' doubters, but a win's a win. <laughs> Detroit at Green Bay. So apparently I wrote off Green Bay far too soon. They look as good as they have in years. Atlanta at Dallas. The Falcons are getting really, really good at this throwing away huge leads thing, aren't they? You're right, Jamie. <laughs> You're Giants at Chicago. Both teams sucked. There's one. Neither will feature in the postseason. Washington at Arizona. Yes, I know the Cardinals haven't really played anyone of note yet, but Kyler Murray in particular is looking impressive, going places. Baltimore at Houston. Oh, Bill, what have you done? Kansas City at LA Chargers. Eliminate COVID. Yeah, do that, Patrick Mahomes, please, because you seem to cope with whatever else is thrown at you and the Chargers threw plenty. New England at Seattle. Fantastic week, week two matchup and two very even teams battle it out. The Seahawks managed to get it done with a big goal line stand at the end. And finally, New Orleans at Las Vegas. Another great game. The Raiders looked really good. Saints miss Thomas and Bree seems to be regressing somewhat. Both will feature in the postseason. Oh, well, yeah. I think you could be right there. Uh, Rich, you didn't buy it. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> um, I'm standing by it. Kyler Murray has not played anyone of note yet this season. Um, <sighs> right. Um, a few of those games, I think it's it's worthwhile delving into a little bit deeper than one sentence. And yeah, Mark, you mentioned it in, in one of yours. And well, firstly, has anybody heard from Jamie? Is he is he OK? Nope. <laughs> no idea. Um, I haven't seen anything from him this season yet. Has he, he's been 
perhaps a Although bit I have... on Twitter. I don't know if that's uh, directly related to Sunday. I have muted. Hard, I? I've muted a lot of fantasy football terms on Twitter, so that's probably why. <laughs> no, <it could> be. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, this this throwing a lead away thing. I think that's can be a bit of a tired narrative, and I'm sure Falcons fans are absolutely sick of it. Um, I, it's, you don't know if it's anything to do with the legacy, if that gets in their head when they get a long way ahead of teams. Um, but an absolutely ridiculous game in Dallas. Um, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about, yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened and the whole thing about expected chance of winning at one stage or another is point whatever percent um which <laughs> Pat rolled which, his eyes as hard as oh, I hate I hate that as I hate that as well uh, I want to talk about the onside kick though um <laughs> before we go any further why given the restrictions in what you can do for an onside kick so the players on the kicking team have to stand still rather than take a run up which gives them a massive disadvantage compared with um three or four years ago or whenever the rule changed but that whole stick the ball directly on the floor and kind of roll it with your foot. If you can judge that right, it gives all players time to get to where the ball's going to go. The receiving team doesn't want to advance and risk diving on it and messing it up. Um, although you could argue that maybe that Atlanta should have tried that. I, I don't. I don't think it was anything to do with them not wanting to. I didn't. I think they didn't think that they could. Yeah, I'm with I Mark. Think it's it I looked like Jack- they didn't know the rules and were waiting for it to go that ten yards before they could drop on it, which is uh, ludicrous. But because oh, it was going at such a case, but, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a lack of knowledge of the understanding of the rules, which I will allude to in my one sentence preview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cut me up, listeners. Um, huh. Yeah, because anyone in their right mind that's a professional athlete, you go and you go and get it after it's rolled at that pace three yards, and game, you know, game's over. They they asked it up. They didn't understand the rules, and that's completely on them. Yeah, I think I think any NFL player is going to back themselves to jump on that and not fuck it up if if they go for it. Yeah, but I there's, mean, there's 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 risk don't. there's risk with that kind of thing because the ball is rolling around all over the place. We've seen it so many times. But that where... risk is still going to be there when it's gone ten yards. So at least at least they're uncontested when it hasn't gone that far because the players <laughs> yeah, true, can't true. Touch it. Yeah, they had time to surround it with Falcons and then drop on it. Yeah, am within I, the am ten I, yards. Time to right take the dinner. If if a Falcons player had tried to gather the ball up before ten yards and fumbled it, I think am I right in saying a Cowboys player could then recover? Yeah, yeah. it's a live ball at that. Point. So, yeah, it's, but it's, it's not. But it wasn't. Yards, it doesn't matter anyway. It wasn't like it's an erratic ball that's just. You know, when they just do the little dinky kick and it comes off the end and you're never quite sure which way it's going to bounce. That thing was rolling pretty smoothly as it got to about the eight yard line. You'd be... It was, but like a crown green bowls sort of delivery to it. There was a lot of curve. Right. Was... But that that's only the thing that brings it up to the 10 yards, not the thing that's going to make it difficult to handle if you just yeah, jump on yeah. it. And at the end of the day, the only people that, or, or the people that you would think would be best suited to picking up that ball and going for the risk are the people that are and have practiced lining up being the first people to receive an onside kick. It's, you know, they're the people designed yeah, and yeah. built to do that. So just walk forward three paces and do it there instead where you can't be challenged. They just, they generally didn't get that they could do it. I think it's ridiculous. 
if that's the case, that is an awful failure in coaching. Yeah, have, big time. You, players should just know that they can go and collect that as soon as they want to if they're receiving. And in that, it sums up basically the entirety of the game in that this is a game between two teams who have absolutely blue-chip top-tier pieces but don't appear to be performing very well as teams, which is down to the coaching and the scheming. There was lots of early fumbles from Dallas, two fake punts that failed in the first half as well. It was all over the place. <laughs> is, there anything, yeah. is there anything better that, that geeing up the other team than messing up a, a fake punt? Yeah, <laughs> nothing better than that. I do think that that was probably more to do with the Cowboys' comeback than the Falcons screwing it up. Was more that just the Cowboys are the better team out of the two of them, and they were just shooting themselves continuously in the foot for most of the first half. They stopped that in the second half. They actually played properly, and you know they put up the points that everyone's expecting them to this season. Yeah. I don't, but the Falcons to me aren't a bad team by any means. I would, I would have had them. You know, we, I'm sure we discussed them as likely playoff team or thereabouts. They shouldn't be a bad team, gone? but they're less than the sum of their parts. The way they're playing, and I think the same is true with Dallas to an extent. They're two teams that will beat the worst teams, but they won't beat the better coached teams, the more competent teams. Yeah, I think the issue with Dallas is more that when they're on it they can be absolutely devastating. But like you say, the coaching's bad. And so when they're not on it, they can really screw it up. Second quarter onwards in this game, I thought they played really well. Um, they just happened to have given themselves a 20-0 hole to start the game. But you, if you manage to cut out those mistakes, um, then the rest of the game, they were really good. The, defensively, the Falcons got very little from the second quarter onwards. Um so, I, yeah, I think both of these are relatively good sides. And I think they'll be, I mean, the, I, Dallas have got to look to walk away with the NFC East. They'll walk it at, at six and ten. No, I don't think they'll be going. I think they'll have a comfortable winning record in that um, in that division. I think they'll win that win that division by a, a long way. No, I, I meant that they would walk it at six and ten. Well, I don't think that's where, yeah, that's I, I think... <laughs> Yeah, there's some embarrassing things Eagles? going on in that division. Yeah, they, well, the Eagles, are, they seem to have not, from actually having a decent defence, suddenly not have one. Well, they lost a lot of pieces on that defensive line, which was a massive strength of theirs in that Super Bowl run, but they just don't seem to be... I don't know what's going on there. I've, I've only really watched highlights from the Eagles, but it all just seems to be bad. I remember when we were doing our who's going to make the postseason episode. And I was arguing against the Steelers, sorry, the Steelers, against the Eagles making the postseason. And they're even worse than I expected, which sums it up really. <laughs> I think and, and I think I can't even blame injuries that much anymore. I think I argued for them, but purely because I thought the rest of the NFC East was going to be fucking terrible. And it turns out the Cowboys are vaguely competent. <laughs> well, Very you say vaguely, vaguely competent. They were pretty close to being 0-2. As a Niners fan, I can't accept anything more than vaguely competent for the Cowboys. <laughs> That's fair. It's just Dak at the moment because if, um, to come like basically staring 20 nil down and to go for 450 yards, one throwing um, touchdown and three rushing touchdowns, um, he's looking pretty good at the moment, I think, for someone who was, you know, it, was, it didn't seem that long ago that he was being written off a lot. Did he well, leave the game injured as well? 
at one point. For, only for a play, I think. Yeah, well, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton got a play. Yeah, there was a Dalton sighting for one for one uh, missed pass. <laughs> Andy Dalton looks weird in a Cowboys uniform. Really strange. <laughs> looked pretty weird in a Bengals uniform. <laughs> at least, at least his matched. ginger hair suited. It matched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's got blue hair now, right? I assume. Yeah. yeah. Never seen him with his helmet off, so I don't know. <laughs> Have we talked too much about the NFC East already? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Andy Dalton's helmet. <laughs> here we never are. never talk too much about that. <laughs> oh, well, that ginger right. hair well, um, works with it. That should All be. Right, let's, uh... that, that's going to be a fantasy team name for next season, Andy Dalton's helmet. It's certainly going to be an episode title for the 100th and 130th episode of Long Zapper Podcast. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right, let's move to the AFC West then. And, well, uh, another ridiculous game between the, the Chiefs. Did I say NFC? I meant AFC. No, you said AFC. Rich's face suggested otherwise. Um, no, no, no. I was just agreeing visually so the listeners can't actually tell with your uh, comment of a crazy game. This is Luckily, great. though, Adam, he brought it up, so it was it, it really helped him out. <laughs> so professional. <laughs> the Chiefs and the Chargers, uh, well, went to overtime, which I don't think anyone expected. Um, the Chargers, who I suppose it was hard to judge their game against the Bengals in week one, um, but they gave, they gave the Chiefs more than a, a good run for their money. Um, Mahomes, who, yeah, I mean, I, t- I touched on it in the, one sentence review. It doesn't seem to matter what sort of hole you put him in. He'll find something or do whatever, whatever's needed. Um, and yeah, people are around the world peeing their pants over that ridiculous throw to Tyreek Hill, which by the way is partly due to the speed of Tyreek Hill. Otherwise that wouldn't have been possible. But even so, I think, I think it's one of those. I don't think many other receivers can catch that, but I don't think many other QBs can throw it either. Um, well, I mean, what do we think? Is the, the, are the charges to be taken a bit more seriously? Were there obviously a big change due to an air quotes injury to Tyrod Taylor? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it really hurt them losing their starting quarterback, didn't it? it yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, they've, they've suggested that he'll be back as soon as he is not injured. So, Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I, I was genuinely quite impressed with Herbert. I thought he good. looked... He he had a couple of rookie moments, but he looked pretty solid. He throws a very, very pretty spiral. And I thought he did a lot of what was required of him. There's a lot of great weapons there. And he made the most of that situation. You know, if that had been a more mediocre team, he probably would have walked away with a comfortable win. I wonder if he actually benefited because he only found out he was going to be starting. He He says, and the coaches have confirmed, about 10 seconds before the game was about to start. Really? Um, yeah, and I wonder if that was, like, in a way, helped him because he didn't have time to prepare and build it up in his mind about what this moment was going to be. It was just kind of be, oh, by the way, Justin, you're in, and he had it's to just bold, go and get. It's a bold it. move if you're planning to bench your. Uh, it wasn't. Your he got QB. injured. <laughs> sure, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we still going? Are we still going down this road? Yeah. Um, Herbert, so, by the some... way, he's got Herbert's got acne that needs to be mentioned, like proper. <laughs> Teenage acne on his okay. face. How old is Doesn't he? make him any worse does at his it, job. Does that does that massively affect his throwing arm? Well, this is like saying um, Fitzpatrick's going to beat Minshew because he's got a better beard. It's bollocks. <laughs> is it though? 
Yeah. Also, that might have stolen someone's one sentence preview. Who's got a better beard at the minute out of Rich and Adam? It's Rich. Oh, it depends. Are you talking neck beard or regular beard? Because Adam's got some really good neck beard going on there. That is a solid neck beard. This is more great stuff for the listeners. <laughs> can you uh, can you put your beards stuff. on your collective beards on Twitter later and let the uh, let the let the listeners decide? Have a vote. Have a vote. That's what everyone Who's got wants. the better beard? <laughs> if we put the two beards up and a don't care option, that will win by a mile. Yes. With its one vote to the other other zero. Zero. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we have to cover for this game is. I cannot understand why Lynn didn't go for it on fourth and what two in overtime. You know what's coming the other way at that point. You've got to go for it. I don't see any reason why you don't. It just doesn't, it didn't make sense to me. It's a poor call. I mean, he may have been thinking we forced them to punt more often than they've scored, but that was first half. The last four, they've gone field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal. So, yeah. I agree it's the wrong decision, but I can sort of see where he might have been coming from. I mean, it's not it's not always the wrong decision in that scenario, but it's always the wrong decision against that Chiefs team. Yeah. When it's... they've got their tails up, you can't stop them. So... I think you, you, there's not many opportunities you're going to get where the Chiefs haven't played brilliantly, and they haven't played brilliantly really this season yet. They couldn't get the run game going, um, and it was a chance to win a game that you nobody expected you to win um and yeah it it seemed like it was a bit and and anthony lynn will do that he's a little bit conservative when it comes to that type of scenario he should have needed to go for it there i i totally agree i you sort of every gut feeling in you says that the chiefs are going to score if you give them an opportunity especially if they only need a field goal Uh, yeah yeah um but at the same time, if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of get analytical, the Chargers had been had been stopping them. Um, yeah, okay, they were they were bending the the later the game got, um, but yeah, what whatever the Chargers defense was doing, it's better than almost any other any other team in the NFL have been doing against Kansas City in recent living memory. Um, so, well, that 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 begs the question: Is there something in what? Is there something what in what they were doing to uh, to stop the Chiefs? Not all teams have a Joey Bosa. We we had a mini one, but not anymore. <laughs> oh. We'll we'll come to that. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's I think there's an element of being able to hurry him and just put him off his off his stride because that offense is so well drilled now that he almost it's almost automatic a lot of the time so you have to be able to put much more pressure on him and most teams just don't have the pass rush to do that and they controlled the run game really nicely as well compared to week 1 yeah, yeah. it's it's and at the end of the day i think they roughed up um mahomes a lot and he kind of got by on that deep ball to Tyreek Hill for the 54-yard touchdown and then the two-point conversion was also um, brilliant as well. But they just, they got at him and it's, that's what so you need to do. And the, and the charges are very, very good at that. They've always had that, that defensive front is is really solid. Um, so yeah, that's all you've got to do. You just sack Pat Mahomes all the time. Just sack Pat. Sack Pat, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, let's move on to Sunday night football, which was in Seattle, New England. Well, New England were a fourth and goal away from getting a getting a win in in the Northwest. Uh, it didn't happen. And <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like that. I think we all Honestly, probably felt like that. It was, it was horrible to watch a a Patriots team that looked offensively quite functional. It's really disappointing. <laughs> I was I I'd been promised by everyone that they were going to be a train wreck this year, and they're not. Their offense was better than their defense in this game, and it's it's upsetting a lot. I you know, I don't want it. Why why were everybody was writing Cam off? Six well, no, this, ago, it was kind ago. of before, before. Well, yeah, I mean, Cam's been poor for a couple of years. Let's not dress it up as he's still 2015 Cam, but he looks leaner than he's looked in a long time. Um, and he's throwing the ball really well with a lot of zip. And yeah, he, he's looked good. I hate it. He's They're, they're looking all right. <laughs> he's had time to get healthy. And I think that was the biggest question mark for me coming into this season was if he could stay healthy, they'd probably look pretty good. But he could easily have gone down halfway through game one. I think the question is always, does does he have any weapons around him? But you've got to think, the the number of years that Brady only ever had Gronk and Edelman, and that was basically it, and then a, a bunch of no-names, and somehow you'd have some ex-field hockey player turning up in the end zone for a <laughs> touchdown or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> Sorry, lacrosse. Um. Well, and the Patriots, the Patriots were without James White, who had a horrific um, bereavement. Day. Or, but yeah. yeah, yeah, which, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Um, yeah, thoughts obviously go out to him and his family. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's classic Bill Belichick, isn't it? Just to, yeah, some some guy off the street that you you don't know who it is. In fact, James White's quite unusual in that he's a household name that's a running back for the Patriots for quite a number of years. Uh, but they, you, they, sorry, gone. I was going to say you you can very much see a well coached team like this beating a side like the Cowboys or the Falcons who have much more premium pieces in the the um, offense, and that's 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 testament to the way they run, which is a you know a, a bitter thing to say somehow. Everything they're doing at the minute is it flows through Cam though. He was by far their best rusher, um, more four more attempts than Sony Michelle managed on the day. Um, Julian Edelman, obviously massive beneficiary of, of him for going for 179 yards, which is his career high. But if, if Cam has an off day or gets injured again, um, the wheels will completely fall off that team. Yeah, that's true. But that's true for a lot of teams. It shows how quickly you can adapt even without an off season, if you're smart, because, you know, they've had to change their entire offense with an entirely different style of quarterback there. And yeah, doesn't look like they've been together a short space of time. Bill Belichick using by far the most talented piece on his offense in that way is not surprising, I I suppose. No. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people have written off um, Harry as well on that team, but he's been quietly pretty decent over the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Certainly looks a lot better. I mean, he was injured, I think, for a chunk of last year, but... um, yeah, he's not. I mean, he's definitely not a superstar, but he looks more like the player that they drafted with their first pick. This game had two of my favourite things of the weekend. It had a fantastic one-handed grab by the line judge when Tyler Lockett threw him the ball, and he just kept signalling with his right hand and caught it above his head with his left, just casually. The other thing, 
was um, a penalty for an offensive lineman ineligibly downfield. And the camera just zoomed on him and was standing on the field looking completely confused as to what was going on. And it's just like, that's, I, that's I, cl- classic O-line work. I love, I love those. As if, as if they don't know what they've done. <laughs> it's not and, uh, a edited rule. And the, the opposite of that, one thing that really hacked me off this week, um, and we'll get more onto games being ruined by officials much later on. Um, but the the penalty on Tyler Lockett for a block that he received a uh, a fifteen yard penalty on that was, to all intents and purposes, a perfectly good block and hit. Um, you look at it, and you think if that is if that's illegal in the NFL now, then the game's gone mad. Yeah, so he's moving slightly back towards his own goal rule, so it's now become illegal. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Perfectly good hit. Nothing wrong with it. None of the players complained. Um, what ten years ago would have been deemed to be would be on like some kind of great blocks compilation. What a great play is now a fifteen yard penalty. Absolute mm. bullshit. Save the anger for your AOB. <laughs> Although I think I'm right in saying there have been the fewest holding flags or offensive holding flags thrown in the NFL for 20 years or something. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem to apply. It's like they're, they're the ones you really hate. It's, you, know, you you see your team get a first down from an eight-yard rush and it's called back. And, they're, they're the, and you actually kind of, as a fan of the defensive team, you don't notice necessarily. Anyway, that's a, a side issue. One thing before, some, before we move away from that game, Edelman, um, that yeah, him having a career high um, number of yards in that game it must be quite something because is he sort of the guy that was forgotten about? And you know, Tom Brady's little retirement party in Tampa and Gronk's gone down. You think Edelman's the missing piece, um, but he's still sort of stuck in inverted commas in New England. Of all the people to suddenly week two of Cam um, get a personal career high, that's that's quite a statement for him. Mm. One other thing from this game, Jamal Adams was excellent. He was yeah. also a chirpy, irritating turd, but he was excellent. Yeah. What kind of team would get rid of him? Eh? No one in their right mind would do that. Certainly mm. no one competent. No. <laughs> Blimey. Okay. Um, from Sunday night football to, to Monday night football and the first game in Vegas, which that was, well, we're actually results were largely quite predictable and there were uh, some crazy ways to get to some of them uh, but Monday night wasn't and the Raiders arguably upsetting the Saints and quite comfortably in the end I'm not gonna lie Adam I've not seen any of this so you crack on <laughs> I, I watched the highlights earlier today because I'd seen a little bit of chat going on about it and I and I don't like to say this, but I'm quietly quite impressed by what's going on in Las Vegas. They look like an actual proper football team, which I can't think of a Raiders version since I've started watching the game that's that's been that. Yeah, absolutely. They went 10-0 down pretty quickly and came back to win it 34-24. It was pretty impressive, and it was impressive. They've got a lot of young receivers, and Ruggs was fairly quiet, but Brian picked up some good catches, and uh, Renfro was quietly tidy as well so they've got a lot of varied weaponry there which the saints couldn't handle is the afc west quickly becoming the most competitive division in in football well the broncos aren't other than them the broncos we perhaps fancied they the raiders with i dare i dare i say it and i think we 
we're not necessarily all Gruden fans, but there's there's a lot of him starting to come through. Um, the defense, they've got one. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a running game. Josh Jacobs looks fantastic. It's um, only really receiver that they that they're not, and they've obviously got Waller, the tight end, who, who looks good and apparently had loads of yards. Um, again, haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but it's it's there's a bit of a lack of depth that. Wide receiver that rugs you assume will come more into as the season goes, um, but yeah, it's I, I quite like having a good Raiders team in the league. Yeah, it I'd certainly gives that. you someone yeah. to hate. Gives me someone to hate. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're not but, in the Bay Area now, so I don't know if I can. No, nobody nobody hates anything that comes out of Vegas. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Other other than those horrible itches. Uh I do think that you're underrating Hunter Renfro. He's been he was excellent in college. Um, he is, but and... is is he like where would you put him in like a number one receivers in the league? He's not top half, is he? Let's be honest. He's gonna be one of those Edelman ish type not yeah. like not to that level, but that kind of little quick slot receiver that just takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback because he knows that he'll just always be there. It's yeah, it's a quietly, comfort blanket that I quietly think... could all the time. He's a bit like Dennis Irwin. Oh, shut up! <laughs> but it's I, it feels like that's something that Derek Carr needs. And Nelson Aguilar's looked weirdly good as well. I'm just ignoring Mark here. <laughs> uh, it's been what three episodes since not we've even. talked about Dennis Irwin. Probably not even that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's a good job Craig's not here, otherwise the next 15 minutes would just be that. Yeah, <laughs> or Phil Neville. Bit of Phil I Neville chat. Renfro has ever been described as the uh, the Dennis Irwin of the NFL. <laughs> Except on this podcast, no fan. one's ever been described as the Dennis Irwin of the NFL. Oh, I think we need to, can we tweet him later on and say we think you're like Dennis Irwin? <laughs> you, you do that, Mark. <laughs> He'd be so confused. I hope so. I think one thing this game highlighted was how much the Saints rely on Michael Thomas in the red zone. They looked much more impotent than uh, usual. Can they? They'd love to use that as an excuse, wouldn't they? Are they is that really the reason they lost? I, I, I just know that that's what Saints fans will be saying. I mean, every team has injuries. If you can't cope with your injuries, that's a sign you haven't managed your roster well. So it's not a sympathy thing. It's just a it's definitely a factor. But they've yeah, got course, other, course, they've got yeah. other weapons there. I mean, you think you've got Alvin Kamara, you've got Jared Cook, who's certainly a, a red zone target. Obviously, you've got Taysom Hill. <laughs> so you know, there's play- But in all seriousness, there's players there that you'd expect to be able to do well in 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 that red zone situation, even if it's something like just using Murray as a battering ram. I, I kind of feel they they should be a strong enough team to win or to beat a team like the Raiders in spite of not having Thomas and in spite of having Taysom Hill. They should still be able to win. Yeah. What I quite like at the moment is and you wondered how it was going to go with no preseason and a lot, a lot less preparation time. And one thing that I am a fan of at the moment is that it seems like offences are winning a bit more. Um, you're getting games that's like, you know, 35-30 on, on Thursday night. Jags Titans was thirty three thirty instead of nine six. It's a bit yeah, of exactly. 40, I'm not 30. a fan of this. I, I like the nine sixes. Um, no, Seahawks <laughs> was sixty five points, thirty four points for the Raiders here. 
um, yeah, it feels like offences have come out of the block a lot quicker than the defence. This defenses. isn't right. The Jags-Titans should be Thursday night football, 9-6. <laughs> Nobody but Pat and me watching. That's how things should be. It yeah. shouldn't be like the game everyone's talking about. <laughs> but Mark, would you say that it's well-drilled offences with coaching continuity that have done well over this period of time and not just superstar players that are making the difference, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, got to get a dig in. He's he's not here to defend himself. So, (laughs) again, again. Uh, Can I give you my highlight of the the Raiders Saints game? Please Um, do. And the Saints' first touchdown to put them nine zero in front. uh, They they went to kick the extra point and. which I think was successful. There was a penalty flag on the play for the extra point against the Raiders. So the Saints thought, okay, we can take half the distance to the goal and go for two from the one. Yeah, logical. So they went for two. um, Converted the two-point conversion, I think. Yep. Um, And there was a flag on that play, which was against the Saints, pushing them back. So rather than attempt the two-point conversion again from like the six... Uh, they went and kicked the extra point from like the 20, 25 yard line. So it was an extra point after all. Yep. I know this because my notes go 10, crossed out 11, crossed out 10. It's infuriating. <laughs> it's like in cricket. Sitting I'm in the sorry, scoreboard sorry. getting really angry. So you make notes. Blimey. Yeah. Some of us do preparation. I mean, when I say us, I mean Pat, not me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Pat I barely do the one sentence previews. I'm, I'm really pleased that Pat's here, frankly. <laughs> if this podcast was... <laughs> we need to release one that's just an hour of Pat talking about, and it would be far more meaningful. Yeah. And... Can we just have an hour of Pat reading through his notes? Yes. <laughs> do you know what? The problem is reading them afterwards, because they're such a scroll. <laughs> I love the fact that you'd noted down that extra point debacle that's that's just brilliant i really the, the enjoyed best that note from this game is overthrow sack sack punt is drew Brees turning into nick Foles? wow <laughs> Good uh, hang on a sec i think we need to focus on that talking point what why nick Foles? because i was thinking back to a game last year when he had drives of minus one yard minus four yards and minus six yards which ended in an interception of fumble and a punt and it was just t- tragic I don't know that I'm ready to write off Drew Brees Brees. (laughs) sounds like you already have Uh, it's just halfway through my beer apparently Uh, I'm not ready to write him off just yet I think he's um, I think it's going to be one of those games and by week 6, week 7 they'll be back and rolling yeah me neither, it's just a very unfortunate snapshot I would agree, I thought it was largely just an excellent win for the Raiders um, where especially after the start so well done to them yeah much like the rams they're better than i expected pre-season and yeah that's good it makes it interesting football all right let's touch on which will rich rich will love i'm sure um we should touch on the jags and the titans actually producing an entertaining game um i think well i'd like to think anyway that both teams are looking so offensively better than people thought um, defensively, I'm not so sure in, in certainly the Titans' case. Um, but from from your perspective, Pat, um, and this may not, well, it probably doesn't surprise you having seen week one, but Gardner Minshew is just getting more and more impressive 
um, just does just doesn't seem to nothing seems to phase him, and mm. he, he makes good decisions. And that's that was. I mean, he he didn't deserve to lose that game, quite frankly. No, it's it's like you said with Prescott. We were forty nil down in two drives, five minutes, however long it was, and he still looked confident and calm. It didn't change the way he was running that offense. And I think I said um, when we picked the ball up with like five minutes to go. It's the first time in a decade I've watched the Jaguars and been confident that we can go down the field and score and take leads in the fourth quarter. I didn't feel like that under Balls or Henny or, well, any of those predecessors back to probably Gerard. Maybe the last time I felt that way. So it's been a long time coming, but good. It's good feelings. Even though it didn't quite work out this time, it's good feelings. Well, you said yourself that you thought the Jags would play the Titans close. They wouldn't necessarily win, which is exactly what, what happened to some disturbing detail, given the fact that you said that they'd be three points behind and there'd be a turnover. Um, so it, it all played out spookily close to, to your prediction. Um, yeah, the nobody gave the Jags a prayer at the start of the season, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to be a, a million miles away in the, in the division now. Um, well, we've shown we're better than the Colts. We might be better than the Texans. It's hard to tell because they play the best two teams in football. So you're going to look poor yes, if you're coming up against two juggernauts that. and you're not quite at the top of your game. But you know, we'll, we'll see where they go. I'm confident going into the game against Miami. More confident than I've been for a long time. Okay, now I'm going to shock you and I'm going to throw a bit of love towards the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Um. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know what I've largely said about Josh Allen since he, since he was drafted by the Bills. Um, I've felt that he's, he's held them back. He's held a very good team back. Um, you can't, uh, having made Mark a little promise that I try and watch with an open mind, you can't really fault what he's doing. And he's, he's the Buffalo Bills are playing in a different way. Um, there's, it's exciting. Um, I I don't know what's happening. Mark, tell me. <laughs> I think it was interesting what Pat said in his one sentence review about how a three point win isn't going to isn't going to like build confidence in the Bills. The thing that is different about this three point win is the fact that it was the offense that did it, yeah, and yeah. they defensively, basically the middle of the field because it. Before the game, we lost Truman Edwards and Matt Milano, our best two linebackers, out, were both out for the game. So the middle of the field was basically a revolving door, and they made full use of that. And they just kept throwing that, dinking that ball over, 10-yard 10 10 yard gain to the middle of the field, time after time after time, and we couldn't stop it. We had a game similar to that against the Eagles last year at home where our defense, for whatever reason, just didn't turn up and played really badly. And we lost that game 31-13. Um, this game, we relied on our offense and we relied on Josh Allen and and they came through. They were good. It was this is Josh Allen who has turned his first ever 300 yard game in week one to his first ever 400 yard game in week two. Um, and he looked excellent. He didn't really put a foot wrong. There was a couple of missed passes, but you'll get that with every quarterback in every game in the league. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a really strong offensive performance. Stefan Diggs has clearly made a massive, massive difference to that team. 
adding him into the roster, he was over 100 yards. He opened, as we touched on earlier on, he opens up space for John Brown. Uh, Devin Singletree played quite well. It was just a first half, especially. Josh Allen was superb. And the fact that we've got a team now that can win games relying on the offense is, is a complete breath of fresh air. I'm caveating all of this by saying I'm not saying he's bad, right? I'm just not as strongly sold on how good as you are. So he should have been intercepted twice in this game. One of them in particular, it hit the Dolphins defender in both hands and ended up on the floor by his feet. There was a dropped Miami catch in the end zone as well, so he could have gone the other way fairly quickly. Although, no, you could argue he could have had time to respond to that and go down and score. So, yes, he's good. I don't think it's quite reaching the heights that you're seeing with the blue specs on, but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I think I think the thing from my perspective is he is showing year-on-year progression, and that, yeah. I think, is what you want from a guy going into you know, the latter years of his rookie deal. That's is exactly you the just, thing, isn't it? You just want those steps forward, and if he can continue on that trajectory, then you might have a guy there. The thing that I the thing that I like is year one and year two. It was very much like he picked his receiver before the snap. He knew where he was going to throw the ball to, and he threw the ball there regardless. Mm. Um, now he's throwing defensive backs off with his eyes. He's looking in one direction and then going to a different receiver where he's clearly always intending to go, um, and that's part of the plan. He's going through his progressions far better than he was before, and you can see him scanning, keeping his eyes downfield, going going through his reads, and then sometimes going back to his first option that was covered beforehand. And that he wasn't doing that before. Um, I remember yeah, when Marcus Mariota could do that. <laughs> that glorious half of football back in the day. <laughs> um, he could briefly. <laughs> there there will, will be people though that have said. The Bills have played the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, yeah. But the Dolph- for the Dolphins game, it was one of those, the Dolphins those weird <laughs> fits magic games that you get sometimes that you can't predict where suddenly he'll just go on a tear. And yeah. he, that was one of those. So, and, and the fact that you kind of came through that. And normally and he saves is, those for the Patriots. But... And let's not forget, this is the Dolphins team that towards the second half of last season, everyone was saying, oh, actually, they're quite hard to play against. They're, they're not all that bad. They've added some good players in the offseason, and they're still not all that bad. They, you know, that defense kept the free-scoring Patriots in the second week against the Seahawks. He, he was kept down to 150 yards in that game. They're not terrible. Um, and they will they're a better team than a lot of people think they are and are going to be, which is also disappointing considering than the AFC East. But it's it's really only the Jets that are cannon fodder in that in that division. I think it will be interesting to see what happens over the next four weeks because you've got better teams that you're coming up against. Yeah, and... you have. <laughs> And the Titans. And, and the Titans as well. <laughs> We're also playing No, them. but the, those are four very competent to outstanding football teams. The Rams, the Rams is going to be a big game next week. We desperately right. need our linebackers back. I'd say there's more worse teams than the Bills, and there are better teams than the Bills in the NFL as a whole, and that's not been true. That's good enough to get you into the playoffs these days. a large amount of time, has it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last year excluded. All right, before we look ahead to week three, we need to talk about the other elephant in the room, which are a few people got hurt, um, <laughs> to say the least. Got hurt. It's one way of putting it. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've picked out, I think I've picked out, if I can find my own notes, which are somewhere. 
I've literally no idea where they are. Pat's probably got some. Oh no, here we go. I think I've picked out four teams that have been hit by injuries, shall we say. Um we'll come to we'll come to you, Rich. Uh the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley now. Oof. Yeah, it it's when you're you're not a very good football team and your one superstar goes down, that's that's gonna hurt. Um I've seen a few sort of I've seen a few tweets from Jack about this and I kind of see where he's coming from like it's an opportunity just to go right yeah we're really bad um we're not going to have our superstar for the the rest of the year so actually let's do something constructive um hit reset and look at you know how how are we going to rebuild maybe it is around sequel maybe it's not i mean you know a running back who's had a serious injury is not necessarily the what you want to rely on um but that that is tough I think the biggest thing about this, the only real silver lining for them is that it's happened early in the season. So he's got a long time to recover for next year. Whereas if you have it happen late in the season or even postseason, which obviously wouldn't happen for this version of the Giants, you then you're looking at a guy who might not even be back until week six or eight of the following year. Yeah. And then let's be honest, both for him and for McCaffrey, although it's sad for the neutrals watching those games to lose such a blue chip piece who makes the game exciting to watch. Neither of them are playoff relevant teams by the looks right. of how they performed the no, first couple of weeks. So it's not a big loss for like Super Bowl and for the postseason. And in, in that respect, the Giants and the Panthers are probably in a similar boat. The McCaffrey injury isn't as serious, is it? But he's gonna he's gonna miss time. Um and yeah, again, kind of their their one superstar. Uh the Broncos who've Cortland Sutton is a huge blow for them. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's not the only one. Um, Drew Locke, as as we've touched on, has they're a bit vague about how long this injury might be, but certainly weeks rather than days. Um, they are picking up Robbie Bortles, Bortles as we've said, and on off the you... back of those two as well, of Von Miller going down for the season as well. That's yeah, their, that, that's their main two, their, their best two players probably. Yeah, I think they lost Boyer as well. I think I think the severity of the injury is probably shown up by the fact that they've gone and got Bortles because if you think he's gone for maybe two weeks, you probably put up with your your backup that you have right now. This is this is a six to eight week injury if you're going out and getting a guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 would obviously get a a guy um, come what may to back your backup up, but. Um, yeah, Bortles is arguably more than that. Dare I say it? Obviously, hope he he's got his rushing boots on for our for our bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the team that's I would say is hit harder than any of them um, are are your Forty ers Rich, do you want to talk about it? I mean, it's it, seven starters that have gone down here, and three of them are significant part of our pass rush. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes for the next few weeks. Although we picked up Ziggy Anza, which makes me happy from a name perspective, at least. <laughs> and, and Ziggy Anza's <clears throat> last productive season for the Lions was under our current uh, defensive line coach. So there's some hope there that he might be able to get some productivity. But, I mean, the, the silver line... That's the line tenuous at best, isn't it? Right. <laughs> the, the he knows line... someone that used to play for the Lions that has said, well done. <laughs> he can um, find his way to the stadium. <laughs> I think I think the major silver lining is that it's only one 
big part that we've lost for the full season, which is Bosa and the ACL. Everyone else other than Solomon Thomas, who, despite being such a high round draft pick, has never really shown that level for us. Um, should all be back within weeks rather than, you know, we're, we're not talking second half of the season for most of these guys. Garoppolo's already is being suggested he might play against the Giants. I don't see that happening personally. I think it'll be Mullins. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the rest will be back sooner rather than later. I mean, it's good to hear about this signing because I thought only Smarties had the answer. Um... <laughs> that, that, that would have worked really well in that quiz. Yeah, it was question 29 <laughs> as it happens. Um... <laughs> but I think the, the reason this hits the Niners harder than the Broncos is because the Niners are more win now with their build like the Broncos have got a lot of young receivers they're a team building for the future so it's almost not the worst time for this to happen to you if it's going to happen to you it may as well happen in year one year two of it when you're trying to get your young pieces together and performing when you've got a fairly expensive looking squad who's just made the Super Bowl trying to go back and do it again it's a really awful time to pick up that many hits yeah that's that's where the Niners are different from those other three teams um, where, yeah, you've got, yeah, it's never a massive window for any team to, to try and get that Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone's worst nightmare. And it's you know, every team is only ever an injury or two away from being a tiny fraction of themselves, um, unfortunately. The 49ers actually not, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to throw shade at Jimmy G just for the sake of it, but he's less of a key piece than most teams' quarterbacks, I would argue. The frustrating thing was that after a pretty awful week one performance, he actually looked back to his best again. He was not dancing around the pocket. He was, you know, picking out receivers. He was much more accurate than he has been. And so, you know, you look at it and it's like, oh yeah, Jimmy's back. We we feel pretty good again. And then he goes down injured and you worry about, my bigger worry is, does that injury now become one of those niggling injuries that keeps flaring up throughout the season because we try and rush him back? Fortunately, don't, we've got, don't play him against the Giants. We've got a, we've got the Giants. You could start at QB against the Giants and you'd be fine. Stand off the ball to someone. <laughs> yeah, to some, to someone. There's no one left. <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I'm okay with our running back situation. Um, one of That's the because you've got ten of them. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of uh, Shanahan roster build is that <laughs> you've got like hundreds of running backs and he can make a guy off the street look like a genius. The scheme thing rather than the superstars in, the, in those positions. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally that's the thing. New York, Philadelphia, Miami, if we can get healthy past those games, I, I'm not counting them as guaranteed wins, but they're more winnable than the Rams, New England and Seattle, which are the following three. Yeah, those are targets to, to get some people back if you can. Okay, let's move into week three then. And as as usual, we'll preview preview some games in, in very detailed fashion. One sentence previews time. Are we are we ready? Have you written them yet, Mark? Yep. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right. Miami at Jacksonville. Is it tour time yet? Houston at Pittsburgh. Finally, we'll find out how bad Houston really are, or how good the Steelers really are. 
a good chance of perennial playoff potential to lay the marker down. Cincinnati at Philadelphia. As woeful as the Bengals' O-line has looked, this could be a chance to release Joe Burrow a bit more and see what he can actually do by himself. Tennessee at Minnesota. The Vikings are struggling and the Titans will be strong favourites to make it 3-0. Like that. San Francisco and New York Giants. Niners have half a team of stars missing, but I still expect them to beat an incompetent Giants outfit. Las Vegas at New England. Vegas are 2 0, and they look set to stay unbeaten despite Cam's heroics. Washington at Cleveland. Cleveland give Washington a run for their money in the ultimate toilet bowl for shitty organisations. LA Rams at Buffalo. Finally, a challenge for Buffalo from a surprisingly decent-looking Rams team. Chicago... What am I trying to say? Chicago at Atlanta. The rumour is that the Falcons have gone on an intensive course on the fundamental rules of American football. (laughs) Carolina at LA Chargers. Whoever starts under centre for the Chargers this week, they should be good enough to see off the Panthers. New York Jets at Indianapolis. Guess who my pick is in Survivor this week? Dallas at Seattle. Two teams coming off huge morale-boosting wins in week two. Should be another belter. Tampa Bay at Denver. Brady versus the Broncos feels old school, but this matchup has lost its shine a little. It has. Detroit at Arizona. This game ended in a tie last year. I think the Lions would bite your hand off right now for another one. Green Bay at New Orleans. Likely shootout in New Orleans. Drew Brees will be looking to bounce back against the highly scoring 2-0 pack, but they badly need Thomas back. Kansas City at Baltimore. Game of the week, month and year. The Super Bowl it should have been. That's that's tasty, isn't it? Monday night. Monday night doesn't always get the good games. I don't know, Just sometimes just luck or whatever, but that is phenomenal. Two in a row after last week. You can't see yeah. that game on the schedule and not put it somewhere in prime time. Yeah, but you'd think that's Sunday night. That's that's normally the the biggest games. Alan, Chris. Um, but no, we get... It's not Booger anymore, is it? I don't even Thank know God. who they are on ESPN. <laughs> I think oh, the Ravens I... have looked more convincing so far this season, but it's yeah, hard to I would know agree. whether that's just based on who they've played. Yeah, definitely would agree with that. They've, they've looked the better team. They're up there with the Bills as the best performing team so far. Um, Well, the Chiefs are going to have to be better than than they were last week. It's sort of, you you back them to do that, though. Um, I'm going for the Chiefs to win on the road for what it's worth. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, It'd certainly shake things up if they they managed to absolutely smash Baltimore. I think it's, uh, yeah, whichever team gets... The better of the other puts a real real marker down early in week three as well. Should be good. Right. That's more than enough um, talk about American football. Unless there's something I've missed. There may be something I've missed. Good. Um, <laughs> well, it's yeah. us as a podcast. There's definitely something we've missed. <laughs> oh, there's plenty. Plenty. Uh, right. Any other business? Um, Rich, I'm going to go straight to you because I know you've forgotten what it was earlier. No, I made, I made a note. Um, fruit flies can fuck off. That's it. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like I've it. Had a, I've had a minor invasion in the kitchen. And despite killing, getting rid of as many as I possibly can, there just seem to be more every time I go down there. 
<laughs> All right, um, like that because it's short. Pat, what have you got? So there's a company you may or may not be aware of called Car Guru. They started sponsoring The Simpsons on uh, Channel Four, which I don't understand why companies do, but that's by the by. They basically do the same as Auto Trader in that you type in the car you want and they find you dealerships that can sell you that car. So Car Guru makes sense, right? They know about cars. In their pre-show advert, they say, sponsored by Cargaroo. Cargaroo? You can't pronounce your own name. I'm not going to be doing business with you, mate. It's Cargaroo, <laughs> clearly, not Cargaroo. <laughs> That's amazing. Have they just, just given it to some voiceover anonymously to do, and no one's checked it? What's this weird word? Cargaroo? I don't understand. Never mind. It's their name. It's just a name, isn't it? <laughs> I thought until I reckon I was in adult life, I thought the co-op logo was just like four circles with something attached to it. And it, I didn't realise it was actually the, the letters of co-op. Yeah, it's coop, um, isn't it? Because you get eggs from there and that's where <laughs> eggs get laid. <laughs> All right. Um, any other business, Mark? Uh, I hate football now. Um, <laughs> oh, like, here we go. Of, like, genuinely, I'm, like, this is a little bit twofold. I'm a Man United fan, so I'm kind of like, pissed off to the max with that team and the way that team is run um, and the lack of transfer business while we're watching most other teams vastly improve their squads going into a new season. Um, so if that wasn't bad enough, but then to watch the game on Saturday against Palace and you've got a situation that's been coming and there's been so many um, examples of, of VAR and the, and the rules that have been put in place to ruin football now the handball against Victor Lindelof where the defender basically is a yard away from him scoops a shot or cross I don't even know what it was and brushes the hand of Lindelof who is running to get back into position from a yard away where there is absolutely nothing he can do not a single player complained no one thought it was there was anything wrong with it and yet like three, three or four minutes after it, after the fact, it goes to VAR. VAR looks at it for about three or four minutes and decides it's it's a handball. It's it literally no one other than the referee and maybe the VAR assistant thought it was handball. If that's handball, I don't know what defenders are meant to do other than just if the ball goes into the box, hold their hands behind their back, and you're just constantly worried now about. Like you can't celebrate goals anymore because you're thinking has something happened in the build-up 20 minutes ago that was potentially like accidental handball. Um, it's just it's ruining the game. I just I don't enjoy watching it anymore. And I'm like I've been, after that, I turned the game off. I've turned all football notifications off my phone. Um, we're playing <laughs> we're playing Luton tonight. Apparently, I've no idea what the score is, and I don't care. Um, I've just I'm like until they fix it. That like the rule regarding offside and the rule regarding handball until they fix it, I just I don't care anymore. It's it's ruined the sport. I think the irony is Mark's ignoring a game that doesn't have VAR. Um, Man United right are three nil up, by the way. Just just to let you know. <laughs> it's it, it wasn't Parkinson the it, it wasn't even Actually, the only. It's already in... over. I should say. Yeah. There was one in the Spurs game as well that was a very yeah, similar situation. It wasn't situation. even the only incident that weekend of that. And it's just... Well, hard, easier to take when you're 5-1 up at the time. Yeah. So that. It, it's, it looks like a rule being enforced by people who've never played the game. And, you know, you know when you're playing what's deliberate cheating and what's an accident that you just should let go. 
So, like, if you're if you're referring to the spirit of how the rules would make sense, and yeah. when you look at it on VAR, it's like, well, you've got a chance to slow it down and look and see and be more sure of that than you would be otherwise. But it's all this technically, well, technically hit him and technically hit him below the bottom of his shirt they're, sleeve. They're so then we've, that... we've said that's a hand. So then we're definitely going to give it, even though yeah. Yeah. whether there's intent or not, it makes no sense. I I I have a bigger issue with the new the new rule or the rule clarification or whatever we want to call it than i do the var um uh like the use of var to enforce it because my concern is if you've ever watched hockey which i only ever do when the olympics are on they have this ridiculous thing where if the ball hits your leg you get like a short corner or a penalty corner or something and there's there's this constant thing in hockey of players just trying to play it off the defender's leg yeah, to win that's that rather happen. than actually trying to play balls into the into the box to actually score goals and and that's my concern is that we'll just see a, I think an that's ever already increasing amount of yeah, attackers just trying way, to yeah. flick it on and that's why I think they've done this below the shirt thing so when defenders put their arms behind their back if it still hits the top of their arm then that's not handball anymore so they're almost think that's what they're saying you have to do it's it's ridiculous. It means that defenders can't run because you have a natural movement of your arms when you're running. It's like, what's the point in it? It's yeah. the point of, um, like, when VAR was introduced, because, yes, I get that it is more to do with the rule than the use of VAR, but it seems like they've gone hand in hand in that the rule has changed because VAR is there now to implement it, yeah. whereas it wasn't before. Yeah, but, but, point... but that's the thing. If before, those decisions wouldn't, you wouldn't give a penalty and technically, the decision wouldn't be correct, but nobody would complain about exactly. it. Exactly. So and... now you've got a situation where they've got cameras to prove that, oh, no, OK, we better make this decision because that's the rule. Yeah, they, need to, they need to change the rule. The game, the game can't be of like a matter of millimetres or things like that, that handball. It just it can't happen because... The rule is of, of handball. It's like if someone is there to try and gain an advantage from handling the ball in the area, it becomes a penalty. Right. Yeah. Or if someone is clearly seeking to gain an advantage by being in an offside position in that they are a clear distance away from the last defender. That's what it's there to do. And VAR is brought in to pick up glaring errors, which it's not doing it's like when as soon as you're drawing lines on pitches or you're going back and you're having to look at this handball 14 times that's not the point of it it's, it's not such like, a nonsense it's when nonsense. you see when you see the the, the zoomed in close up of the thing and it's like some you can see them as they're trying to pick the right pixel to do the dot off and it's like yeah. if you do that dot it's onside and if you do that <laughs> dot it's off so it's like it's I'll, fucking bullshit i'll never i'll never forget the grealish one last season where he wasn't even facing towards the goal but he had a heel while looking back towards his own goal that was maybe a millimeter or two offside right. in the Had he build dived on the ground at that point <laughs> <laughs> but in the build up to a goal and that was ruled offside if that's football now then fuck football frankly i've had enough the worst thing I about offside is that they've changed the way they're officiating it now so that the flag only goes up after the ball's gone in the goal or out for a goal kick that, or a corner. that's already irritating me and that's and that, really really annoying but that that puts the players at risk right because if you don't flag for the offside, then you have to throw yourself at the cross or the shot to block it. There's going to be more likelihood of collisions between players and stuff like that. The, so someone is going to get hurt when it should have been flagged as offside and the play stopped. And that's unacceptable. In the Southampton yeah. Spurs game, the final score was 5-2. And I reckon there were about another six disallowed goals because of that. 
like someone's they're four yards offside. Oh, let's see what happens just in case. No, just raise your flag. Yeah, it's clearly offside. offside. Yeah, it's oh, honestly, it's that the game. It's just, and I, I hate to use the the talk sportism, but the game's gone, and it's like oh, Mark. Oh, you had until to they change until they change the rule back. It's I'm not sure I'm coming back. Bad enough. And the sad thing is, there's examples all over other different sports of the technology being used well. Yeah. So it's not like the precedent isn't there. They've just gone, no, we're going to do it our own way, even though it's crap. And then we're going to double down on the crapness in the second season. Yeah. And it's like, and no one thought it was good in the first season. And yet they've made it seemingly worse. It's, yeah, it, honestly, it's just, it's so shit. Cheer us up, Adam. We're on 90 minutes. Yeah. Good idea. Um, politics. <laughs> oh god no i am gonna cheer you up where you you get with there been so many uh, i don't even need to explain um why you had that reaction to that word this year in particular um but there have been a few examples in this country of politicians saying something ludicrous that's a lie or clearly untrue and they just you know stick to the story come what may I'm going to read you a story of something that happened to a French politician this week. Um, French politician was, di- well, discovered he blocked a passenger train after parking his car on a level crossing. Um, I'm going to read you, I'm just going to read you the article. A French politician was left red faced after accidentally holding up a passenger train by parking his car on a level crossing that he'd inaugurated two years previously. Jean LaSalle, an independent MP, made the faux pas while he was running late to watch his son's rugby match in Badou, southwest France. I saw this magnificent place and I parked there, he told France Bleu. But after the police approached him during the match and explained the situation, LaSalle suddenly realised what he'd done. In the meantime, a train had been stopped in its tracks by his vehicle. The train was indeed at a standstill, LaSalle told newspaper Sudwest. I don't know what was wrong with France Blur by this point. I apologise to the passengers. Everyone was very nice. According to Lasselle, visibility was good that day and there was never any danger of the train crashing. I have no excuse. It's been two years since the line opened and I even inaugurated it. He said it's a big mistake. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> how, 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 he's parked, how do you not notice you parked on a level crossing? <laughs> and like, if you think our politicians are ridiculous for coming up with nonsense and sticking to it. I was it are people gonna believe that this is an honest mistake? Or or if whether it's a mistake or not, what on earth is he playing at? I don't think I would have the balls though. If I was like if I was running late and I had to just leave my car somewhere, I think on a level <laughs> crossing would be like about as the last place I would think, you know what, sod it. I'm just but gonna it look like a magnificent place. Yeah. To Literally use anywhere else is better than that. Because Yeah. Even in the middle of the road even is better than where a place where a train could quite easily smash into it. I mean, if you're going to be ridiculously incompetent, you may as well go the whole hog. It's no point being a little bit ridiculously incompetent. You may as well go full jets with it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, that's France. France and politicians neatly covered. Right, I think we're just about done. We have uh, we've suddenly gone quite long just just for a change, but. There we are. That was the Long Supper podcast for week two into week three. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Cheers.
why you call our 898 mark <laughs> <laughs> oh josh oh. allen's arm action Ooh. josh allen in shorts <laughs>